Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Man on the Post weekend review show. My name's Chris and joining me this week, it's Dave. Hello, hello. How are you, Dave? You alright? Yes, I am splendid, thank you. Good, enjoying the uh, bank holiday weekend? Ah, it's, uh, it's red hot up here. I assume it is everywhere, yeah. but yeah, it's really unusual up here. So. I was going to say, yeah, it, it is ridiculously warm. Uh, so yeah, happy four-day weekend uh, for those of you who don't work in retail. Um <laughs> Uh, although it re- re- a lot of things close on Easter Sunday, which I still find weird. Well, it's one of the few holidays we seem to like, actually shut everything down for. Like today and Christmas Day are pretty much like the only two days off. Yeah, my my Instagram was full of people rocking up at IKEA. I need to find the gates closed. Oh. How disappointing well, that must be for them. More for them, really. Well, see, instead, they could have stayed inside and watched a, uh, I won't use the word riveting, um, a weekend of Premier League football, I suppose. Well, it's, uh, le- it's less complicated than a Billy Book case, anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. So, as, as always, the uh, third part of a trilogy is always the most disappointing. Uh, we started the weekend off with Man City versus Spurs uh, after the incredible scenes I suppose uh, of midweek but obviously we the extra time guys get to cover that game we get to cover the, the final game of the season between them um, Man City coming away 1-0 winners uh, thanks to a Phil Foden header on only his second Premier League start also was notably his first Premier League goal um, quite an interesting game though to be fair yeah I mean for all had less goals than uh, the midweek game I think it was quite similar in the, in the fact that Spurs had you know three or four kind of one-on-one chances mm-hmm. uh, where Edison did well to save. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, City took their chance when it came, but it was quite a quite a good game in the sense that City played someone who didn't just you know put everyone behind the ball and try and catch them on the break. They almost went toe to toe for a bit, which was uh, which was different. But City got the win. As they always seem to do at the minute. Yeah, so Edison, I think there were arguments for him to be man of the match. Uh, I think he made three or four big saves from from one on ones, um, lending a credence to Ali's point that Spurs are a better attacking team without Harry Kane in the team. Because <laughs> um, say I think um, uh, Son is just a, a totally different player uh, when Harry Kane's not in the squad. Um, other other uh, noticeable uh, notes from the game then uh, Hugo Lloris missed the game through injury uh, they brought in uh, is it Gazinga? Gazaniga I think Gazaniga once a, I think he was Southampton's number two goalkeeper at some point yes yeah he was yeah there's a lot of talk that he could be um, Tottenham's number one next season if Lloris uh, decides to go and play in League One where he belongs um do you mean uh, League One is in France? Or no, League I mean League, League One is in Swindon, <laughs> Plymouth, that sort of thing. Um, uh, Foyf or Foyt, uh, however you want, did, was started in midfield. Um, strange enough, showing that Spurs' squad depth is probably starting to feel a little bit stretched at the moment. Um, but yeah, uh, De Bruyne went off injured as well, um, potentially out for the rest of the season. 
Although there's only four games left, I suppose. Oh, it sounds more dramatic, though, doesn't it? If you uh, say that. Yeah. So where where did Foyth play? Was he in midfield? I, I saw the teams, but then like I, I was, I saw most of the match, but missed like the formation stuff at yeah, the start. Yeah. So when I saw it on Sky, when I was I saw I saw bits of the game live. Uh, when I saw it on Sky, Sky have a tendency to just roll any random collection of players and formation, and it showed him starting midfield, and I wasn't sure if that's where we played. Um, but then when match of the day showed it showed a, a similar lineup with him in midfield. Yeah. So, Fair enough. And I looked at the the Tottenham squad. Maybe he didn't, but like the way I tried to work out who might have dropped in and stuff. But the way I say clubs play nowadays with the re- revolving like players dropping back and stuff like he, he, I don't notice him in the game very much. <laughs> um, no. Ten Premier League wins in a row for Manchester City now as they uh, march down on the title. Um, but yeah, um, it was. It's got to be credit after the game that happened in midweek. It took probably took a lot for Man City to go out there and and win this game. Do you think? Yeah, um, but I think it also was taking a lot out of Spurs as mm-hmm. well, um, as was shown by their team selection. They seem to be, as you mentioned there, um, patched up. Probably doesn't really cover it, but there was not just the, obviously the change in goal, but I don't think Trippier played, did he? Um, obviously, Kane's still not there. Sissoko was now injured. Yeah. Uh, they're just they're, they're carrying a few at the minute, mm-hmm. uh, injury injury wise. Um, I don't think Spurs would have been that bothered about losing this. They've got Brighton at home on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, this was kind of a free hit for them. I think if they go and beat Brighton on Tuesday, that puts them back in the box seat for finishing the top four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, I think they're pretty much lo- they're looking at third now, aren't they? Yeah, and I think. Over over four or five games they've got left, you'd probably back them to to get the points needed to finish in the top four, especially after what happened to this afternoon, which we'll come on to later on. But mm-hmm. um, I think they'd take the top four and a Champions League semi final or final. I think most clubs would, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I say quite an entertaining game. Spurs possibly unlucky not to get a penalty. Did you see this? Yes, I did. Yeah, um, the Carl Walker one. I think it's a bit. Because Walker's running backwards, you're obviously going to run with your arms, you know, mm-hmm. as they were. Uh, and I think it generally was just a case of him running backwards and then Ali controls the ball and the way he's running, he runs in the ball. If it then catches his other arm, which I'm, I'm not sure it did, that would probably be more of a shout, but I think it was just a natural sort of coming together. Mm-hmm. Uh, VAR in the Premier League next season, though. Uh, will we be seeing these kinds of decisions made the opposite way, I wonder? Well, for that one, I say it's, if the ref didn't give it, I don't think it's a clear and obvious mistake, so I don't think it'll get turned over, but um, God only knows what's going to happen. It's the, the refs we've got now, you could give them the same decision to make, and I think there would be half and half split on who would give it and who wouldn't, mm-hmm. uh, and that's quite worrying. Yeah. And I think you might see a trend of that next season. Certainly at the start, I think it could be absolutely carnage with VAR in the beginning. Yeah, I think that's the thing. We've, we've consistent. You want consistency. It's like uh, we'll we'll talk about Sunday's games in in a little bit. But there were decisions in some of those games um, where con- consistently it will be one referee gives it, one referee doesn't, and, and that's not good enough in in these instances, if, especially if we're going to go down the VAR route. Um, on to the previously mentioned uh, Tottenham's next opponents then Brighton they were away to Wolves um, so 
talking midweek. Now I can't remember when this was, but I I had a meeting at work um, recently, and the company I work for were based on the south coast, and a couple of the guys there seemed to have some kind of tie-ins with uh, with Brighton, and it was mentioned in, in this in this conference that I was in that there's some unrest at Brighton. Uh, mm. With potentially the players have been to see the chairman because they're not happy with Chris Hutton's, um ways, basically. And it started it's after there's been two games since I, I heard this, uh, and you you look at the way they're playing and it it kind of makes sense. I mean, they got absolutely battered here. I don't know how they got a point. Mm-hmm. More by luck than judgment, I would suggest. But um, Hutton historically stays at clubs for two or three seasons, certainly. Norwich, he wasn't there much longer than that. Um, there's a limit to what he can achieve, I think, with this with the style of football he plays and all that kind of thing. Um, I think he's a good bloke. I think he's a good manager for, to a certain point, but um, I don't think he's ever going to take a club above and beyond, you know, where Brighton got to last season. Mm-hmm. So um, I would hate to see him get peddled, but I, I think that it may have run its course to be quite honest yeah I say um, even before um, hearing those stories I was I was pretty convinced that Hewton might might go in, in the end of the season because uh, I think yeah Brighton have gone as far as they can with him um, but then uh, they were awful against Cardiff in midweek which has dragged them right back into the relegation fight um, and yeah against Wolves they were so bad like they were Fulham levels of, of clumsy yeah. Which is weird when Fulham have, have been have kept two clean sheets in a row. Which we'll come on to in a minute. Um, but yeah, they, w- they were they were so bad. I was surprised. I didn't realise how bad Ful- uh, Brighton's running was. Um, other than us next week, they've got um, three of the the, t- the top lads. Uh, yeah. I'm just pull it up here. They've got um, well, Spurs away on Tuesday, which is. We just said, you know, Spurs will be expected to win that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they then host us, and then they go to Arsenal, and they finish at home to Man City, who will probably need to win to win the league as it's going. So <laughs> they're running out of games to actually win. It's just a matter of whether Cardiff can can haul back effectively four points on them in that time. That's it. You'd imagine that um, the Brighton are going to need to win at least one of those games. Well, if, they, if they don't beat us next weekend, the panic will probably set in because yeah. they you know, will not fancy, they'll not be fancied to beat Arsenal. Well, regardless well what, I don't know. If, I know, if Mustafi puts his boots on, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know, like obviously you lost today to a Palace team who were quick and nimble and everything. Mustafi hits yeah. Brighton, 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 yeah, Brighton aren't that. Mustafi's bread and butter really balls in the box and generally. Well, well, coming on to that, Brighton. Were, were, it was all, this game was all Wolves, and it was it was ten men behind the ball for Brighton at all times. Uh, an interesting stat that Brighton only had two touches in the opposition area, and and when you say that players are complaining to the chairman about um, Chris Hutton's ways, you've got to think they might be attacking players because they might as well not send Glenn Murray out there if you're going to have <laughs> ten men behind the ball and then have a thirty yard gap to Glenn Murray, like. He's not running onto a long ball, is he? So most of the game, he's just, just he stood there doing. He he could have bought sandwiches. <laughs> Maybe he did, mm. but I mean, we we laughed yesterday at that start about Davy Proper having no touches in the ten minutes he was on the field. Mm-hmm. It was because the ball's going over his head the entire time. Like you know, obviously you've got to try and get involved, but uh, they don't play through the midfield, do they? Yeah, you know, yeah, that's it. It is uh, the defenders must love the setup, but yeah, any anyone with a, a creative uh, 
but announce about them can't be interested. Uh, one positive for Brighton though, it was their first away clean sheet in 12 games. Um, first nil-nil of the season for Wolves as well, interestingly enough. Is it really? Well, yeah. there you go. Yeah, it was their first nil-nil. Um, they do seem to struggle against teams in the bottom six though. Obviously they've given six points to Huddersfield this season. Yes. Um, but yeah, maybe it's those blue and white stripes. They've had something ridiculous like 59 shots against Brighton this season and not scored. Madness in it. No, it don't, is. don't get me wrong. Um, oh, what's his name? I've forgotten his name. They, Brighton's goalkeeper. Oh, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. He, he looked like he had a decent game. Wolves should have done better. He's not a bad goalkeeper, really, but he, he's prone to throwing the odd one in. I think he's a little bit smaller than you know your, your standard goalkeeper, which probably doesn't help him sometimes. But um, when you when you're facing 22 shots, was it or something? It's, yeah. uh, you're going to have a busy day. So. Yeah, that's it. Uh, on to other Saturday's other games then. Uh, West Ham and Leicester uh, played out a entertaining draw. Um, Jamie Vardy added to his uh, nine go- with not added to his goals tally with not his ninth goal in ten games now since Club Paul left the club. Um, Felipe Anderson for West Ham looked quite lively as well. Uh, same couldn't be said uh, for Marko Ivanovic though. Um, just didn't look like he was interested at all. He he probably had a worse game than Glenn Murray did for Brighton. <laughs> Yeah, you have to wonder whether he'll be there next season. Um, I know they say he's not for sale and all this kind of stuff, but he blatantly was trying to engineer a move to China mm-hmm. one way or another. Um, and I think it must be hard for the manager to forgive that and say, you know, let's, let's, let's carry on as, as normal. Um, it can't be good for team spirit either, I wouldn't have thought. And if they had anybody else capable of playing up front... He may not even be playing now, but uh, what's the fact? S- you say capable of playing up front, but he looks like he isn't capable. Of playing. <laughs> no, he doesn't, does he? Um, I think uh, Antonio has shown a lot more as a striker than he has in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he took his goal well with a header yesterday, but uh, it's it's just West Ham, isn't it? They, they get these players in who are loved and are probably playing at a level below where they should be, but somehow West Ham pony up the door to get them in there mm-hmm. uh, and then before long it goes a bit sour yeah I say um, Lucas Perez former Arsenal striker came off the bench uh, and scored pretty much straight away and then he had a goal disallowed straight after as well. <laughs> so when he has more of an impact than Arnautovic uh, you know there's something going on there um, but yeah there was I say Perez's reaction for his goal was pretty good. There were arguments about it being offside, but then again, you'd argue that the one was disallowed just after he was onside for that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Matt, the guys on match today mentioned it. Arnautovic. I think we've spoke about this a few weeks ago that Arnautovic. They play him as a striker, but he isn't. He isn't a striker, and I think he's becoming a little bit exposed now. So yeah. I think if West Ham get the chance to sell him, that I think they'll take it this time. He clearly doesn't want to be there as well, and. Dare I say they haven't got great options, but any you know, you know, Hernandez, um, Lucas Perez, even Antonio, they're better options at the moment. Well, they came pretty, pl- pretty, uh, pretty close to buying um, a striker from Celta Vigo in January for mm-hmm. hideous amount of money. But yeah, this is uh, the lad we were talking about the other week, and we yeah. really couldn't remember whether they'd signed him and loaned him back or just no, signed him on. I actually looked at this last night, and they decided not to buy him in January in the end because. Um, Celta Vigo were or probably still are in a relegation battle so they didn't want to sell them mm-hmm. um, so whether they re- revisit that in the summer or not I yeah. don't know but obviously interested in them so. let's talk they've been offered Ed in Dzeko, um but he what he wants to stay in uh, in Italy apparently um, not sure how much of an effect he'd have on the Premier League at his age I think the way West Ham play 
they'd be better off looking at like a, a younger, faster striker and stuff like that. Yeah. You don't want somebody oh. lumbering because then you've just got the Arnautovic problem, which you <laughs> still have now, I suppose. I guess, I mean, historically Pellegrini's like to play two up front. I guess he could look at a partner for Hernandez. Jekyll might be quite good at that, but who plays two up front really now? Not that many teams, I wouldn't say. Yeah. Uh, say, talking strikers in form, though, Jamie Vardy, completely different player under uh, Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, well, they're just playing with strengths, aren't they? Um, having Madison and Thielmans trying to play him in all the time. Um, he looks sharper than ever at the minute. He got, got across his man on the near post for what I call a typical Vardy goal he must have scored that goal probably probably a dozen times in the last couple of years you would say yeah and, and Harvey Barnes getting a late equaliser his first uh, Premier League goal for I think it was actually his first goal for Leicester uh, scored a couple of uh, goal of the season contenders for West Bromwich Albion uh, early in the season where he was out on loan um, looks like another one of these young uh, Leicester players who you know who could, who could go quite far yeah I'd be interested to see what Rodgers does next season whether he sticks with <laughs> You know the likes of Barnes and uh, Gray and all the other young lads who are getting games at the minute, or whether they go out and spend millions on supposed proven quality. But uh, I, I hope he uh, he sticks with with what he's got. I think it's interesting to see a team actually blooding their youngsters rather than just you know going out and spending X and Y on players from wherever. But it's not that many teams dip into academy, so it'll be uh, I'd I'd rather we do that, but. You know, money talks, isn't it? So, yeah. I, I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, uh, the battle for seventh place continues with terrible Huddersfield playing shit house FC Watford. Um, <laughs> Huddersfield actually scored. Uh, Conway two-one losers at, at home. Uh, Del- Delafeu uh, scoring twice uh, in for the suspended Troy Deeney because he's a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> lovely finish for the opener. Oh, I mean, he's he's so good when he's on it, isn't he? It's mm-hmm. just why is he only on it against Huddersfield and Cardiff? Like, I know he obviously turned up in the cup in the cup semis the other week, but he's too uh, inconsistent, and it's always been his problem, hasn't it? It's yeah. uh, it's not really a new thing. Do you think he he fits into the way Watford play because he he he's not their first choice. He's he's quite clearly one of the better players and one of the more creative players at the club. Um, well, then- but they play like your Andre Graves and your Troy Deeney, who are never doing anything like this, you know. Well, they play him as a 10, um, as almost like a second striker, because, mm-hmm. again, Gracia likes to go with Deeney and one other, whether it be Andre Gray, as you say, or, or Delafeu, who's kind of more of an X-factor. But uh, I can't really feel he's kind of shoehorned in. I think he'd much rather be, be wide. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's always played wide, for certainly for Barcelona, and then at Everton he did as well. Yeah. Um, He's been very effective against two of the worst teams in the league, but mm. it's just a shame that he hasn't been able to do it consistently because he's uh, he's great to watch when he's on it. Yeah, um, but it just seems to be too too rarely that he is. I wonder if he'd be better at like a club like like your West Ham's or your Leicester's teams that play with a bit of width. Yeah, I mean, you, you would think so. Um, there's obviously a, a great player in there somewhere, but uh, how do you find the manager to get it out of him? Like. Oh no, which has had his best run under David Moyes. Like you can't really, uh, mm. you can't really legislate for that, can you? Yeah, that's it. I say because Watford they had another lad who played at the weekend. Uh, Siwa, is it or something like that? Oh, can can summer? Yeah, so he looked pretty decent as well. You know, uh, a few a few good runs, few few nifty footwork, which obviously Watford fans aren't used to seeing because <laughs> uh, it's just hump the ball to the potato usually. Um, I didn't realise he played and scored for uh, Ostersons against you last season. In the Europa League, 
Okay, probably. Yeah, <laughs> was I Mustafi mean, playing that day? Oh, <laughs> I was almost certainly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he, he looked pretty lively. Uh, and, and like on match of the day, they were saying he, he'd hardly got any game time. And it seems to be whenever whenever you see Watford and they mention they show a player with any sort of creativity, a little bit of spark about them, they're not players who are playing week in week out. Apart from Pereira, I suppose. But then he started the season on fire. And, and seems to have gone back to the simple passing game of him and Decore in the middle as well. Yeah, obviously him and uh, Will Hughes seem to play wide for them, but they play this system where like the the two wide men are practically in centre midfield. I, I don't really, I don't really get it. Like, it seems to work for them, but um, it's it's a bit of an unusual system. But uh, mm. what did you make of uh, well? Firstly, Troy Deeney on Monday night, but then the fact that Watford played fairly well with with ten men, all, uh, all things considered. Yeah, to be fair, the, Watford, that's the thing with Watford, they, they're, they're resolute, aren't they? And that's what I mean. There's there's no creativeness to them. They are literally just. A, a, they're not even. It's weird because they're not a physical lump it kind of team generally. They, you know, they're not that hard man Sam Allardyce kind of team but then again they're not the attacking threat team but yet they're 7th in the league it's you know they're your typical mid-table Premier League club I suppose um, yeah the I say we'll, we'll talk about this because I don't think the extra time guys covered it um, but the, the goal was ridiculous Ben Foster making a rare mistake um, <laughs> and you could see as soon as Aubameyang turned to run at Foster he knew he was scoring because his face just lit up, he knew that Foster had wasn't comfortable with that ball, and then Troy Deeney just re- reaping what he should have reaped for the last couple of years, basically. <laughs> you know, he he made that comment a couple of seasons ago that against clubs like Arsenal, he likes to kick one of them and see who's up for it. He tries it and gets sent off for it, and he's lucky that's the first time he's done it. I don't rate Troy Deeney at footballer at all. I, I think, as I said, he's just a fucking potato. He's he's a fog. Um, but yeah, Watford were resolute. I, I can't say Arsenal were at their best. You know, in the middle. You know, they played in the middle of two um, two European games where they were, you know, putting pretty good performances as well. Um, but I think they thought when when uh, Watford went down to one, we went one nil up. Watford down to ten men. I think Arsenal thought they could maybe let their foot off the gas. You know, save a bit in the tank for uh, for Thursday night, and it, it, luckily it worked out. Yeah, but uh, so. Looking at the table now, we'll obviously talk about Everton. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about them in more detail in a moment. But it's kind of a what do you say, a four horse race for that seventh spot. I, I guess we can kind of rule West Ham out if mm-hmm. they. Yeah, I think I think West Ham and Leicester might are probably out of it now. So you're looking at what Wolves, Everton, Watford. Yeah, and Wolves and Watford are going to play each other mm-hmm. um, possibly next weekend, certainly soon anyway. Um, it's tight, it really is. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I'd say we we spoke about this numerous times that the amount of times that you know, at one point Wolves were running away with it, Bournemouth were well in there, um, Watford were you know had a bit of a gap at one point, uh, Everton were nowhere to be seen, uh, you know, and then Bournemouth have dropped off. Everton are kind of sneaking up in there as well. Um, yeah, it'll be quite interesting to see who gets it. And uh, to be fair, whichever team gets it probably will deserve it. Out of all of them, I'd prefer it to be Wolves. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see Watford playing in Europe. I, uh, sorry to any Watford fans, but <laughs> that's that's not the advert for British football you want to see. Is it? You know, Watford against fucking Austerlands or whatever on a on a Thursday night in, in November <laughs> isn't going to be an advert for the great European game. No, but I mean they might win the FA Cup and make the whole race obsolete anyway. But yeah, maybe. I mean, if, I mean, if they win the FA Cup, something's gone terribly wrong at Man City, <laughs> like. But 
Um, no, I, I agree with you. I think over the course of the season, Wolves have been uh, they've bought the most of the league out of those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've been the biggest story, not just because they've been promoted, but the way they've played, the way Nuno has set his teams up, that kind of thing. Um, I think they would deserve it, but you know, I can't really argue with whoever finishes seventh over the course of the season. Okay. You know, they obviously earned the right. Yeah, that's it. Uh, sat two other games on Saturday to say to well go slightly out of order to save me turning my page early. Uh, Newcastle against Southampton was the five o'clock kickoff. Uh, Dave ventured to this one in shorts. It was so warm up there. Ooh, uh, I did. And obviously a bit of a good luck charm, sir. You've got to do it every week now. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> it. Uh, I've never been in a match. It's so it was so warm. Like it's especially up here. Like it's uh, it's unheard of. But anyway, um, it was a. It was a Good performance from us. Um, Southampton were just suicidal. Like they played such an open game. Um, I want to know your opinion. Have you seen the highlights of this? Uh, yes. So, what's your opinion on the non-red card for Ward Prowse? <sighs> it's difficult, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Because I mean, he knew what he was doing. I think if he'd have been fifteen yards further back, he'd have been off. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think the fact he was in his own half saved him. Yeah, I I actually agree with you because as soon as it happened, my my initial reaction was that's going to be a yellow card. Now the crowd were being for blood, mm-hmm. the Benitez and the staff were being for blood, but to send a player off who was in his own half for denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity, I think that's uh, that's quite tough to. Yeah, to well, call he that. was in Newcastle's half, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. Not his yeah. own half, but yeah. Sorry, yeah. yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, yeah. I said the same thing as well. I realised afterwards. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it, it would have been harsh. But yeah, if he, yeah, if he's twenty twenty feet closer to goal, he's off, isn't he? Because uh, Almiron had left him because he's obviously quite pacey. Uh, what Almiron had done after that, I don't know. Um, but yeah. Well, the thing is as well is that Almiron absolutely smashes the ball past him, mm-hmm. which you know you would in that situation. Yeah. I haven't seen an angle which tells me where the Southampton goalkeeper is because it was it came from a Southampton corner. Mm-hmm. So the keepers are, they tend to stand maybe ten yards outside their own box in, in yeah. that scenario because you know why wouldn't he? Um, so if he's if he's in that kind of position, there's every chance he's going to get to the ball. I say I've not seen an angle that shows me where the keeper is, but mm. yeah, um, there's there's enough doubt between that foul happening and what would have happened next to say that was you know you couldn't clearly say it was going to stop a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would have stopped a good chance, but that's not what the rule is. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say um, uh, Pe- Perez got a hat trick. Uh, two in two minutes was it in the second half as well? Yeah, it was just before half time. So his, his first one is a kind of, kind of a typical Perez goal where he goes on a bit of a dribble where he kind of hasn't got control of the ball, then he does, and then he pings a shot through the defender's legs and off the post, which was a good way to break the deadlock. Um, second goal. Um, the desire he has to get on the end of a cross because when Rondon picks it up on the left channel <laughs> there is no one anywhere near him mm-hmm. uh, but Perez busts a good to get on the back post and that's all well and good um, second half uh, Hassan Hootl changed it massively um, made two changes uh, and it, it did change the course of the game like, you've got to give him credit Like he, the changes he made gave them every chance of uh, Getting back in with the scored a good goal through Lamina. Yeah, Southampton um, looked much better in the second half. Yeah, I'm still not entirely sure what he did. Like he took off Stevens, um, who was a, who was a centre back, and brought on uh, Lamina, and he took off Sims for um, 
Stuart Armstrong, mm-hmm. and they kind of went to like a, almost they had the two centre backs, and everyone else was playing forward, um, <laughs> and they kind they kind of had us boxed in for certain periods of the match. Um, luckily, we got the third goal, which was just persistence from uh, our point of view. We got the ball recycled back in the box a few times, and then Richie, who was ex- excellent again, put his head on the line to get it back in for Perez. So mm-hmm. um, satisfactory day, and we're safe now uh, mathematically. So yeah. We can now turn our attention to the soap opera, which is seeing whether or not Binion is going to sign a contract. Well, yeah, as I, I was, I was going to bring that up as, as well. Uh, the only other thing I've got is I was quite impressed by Isaac Hayden's tackle, which led to Perez's opening goal. Yes, yeah, great, great, great tackle, like thirty yards out. Yeah, well, the ball straight into Perez. He's, he's been doing that sort of thing since the turn of the year. Um, he wants to leave as well, doesn't he? He wants to leave because he's got family issues. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, as far as I understand it, his missus and kid don't live up here. They live wherever they live uh, in the south, mm-hmm. and they can't relocate for various reasons. Um, so he's asked a few times to leave. Um, we haven't been able to get a replacement in because Ashley won't give us any money. So we've had to stick with Hayden. Um, but since he's come at the team this year, he's been outstanding. I would say he's probably doubled his value. We probably wouldn't have got much more than maybe six million from him beforehand because he's fairly young in English. But for three or four months now, he's been playing in centre midfield for a team that's generally done very well. Um, he's still got age on his side. I reckon we'll probably get double figures from him now in terms of millions. Uh, before I come on to Rafa, then Almira, what do you make of him? He went off injured. Uh, it didn't look good. Uh, again, could be out for the season, but four games. Yeah, not that um, many. The season's probably done, um, but the difference he's made to us as a team is uh, is is you cannot really put into words because for all he's got no goals and assists. Well, he's, he's got some assists, but he's got no goals to his name. Mm-hmm. Um, his pace terrifies the life out of these teams. Yeah, um, and it's made Perez a better player because now the focus is not just on him. Um, Rondon looks a million times better because not only is he holding up he's holding up for better players instead of Atu and whoever else we were playing beforehand um, so the front three now are, are a very good unit um, mm-hmm. the way we set up obviously we've got the front three um, I wouldn't say fluid but certainly Rondon is a pivot and then the Perez and Almiron just buzzing around them um, you've got your two centre mids who've generally been Hayden and one other whether it be Key or Longstaff um, they do a good job of keeping the ball and winning it back and then you've got your back five or back three in the wing backs, if you want to call it. Um, it's a system that, that suits us and suits the players we've got. Um, if Benitez stays, I'm quite curious to see whether he sticks with it because he's always been a, a 4-2-3-1 man pretty much throughout his time. But uh, I just think that formation's a bit outdated now with the way a lot of teams play. Um, and now with, with Almiron and Perez, I don't really think we could play that system and have both those in the team. So. Yeah. I'm not sure what he'll do, but uh, I hope he sticks with the five because it, it, it suits us more. I was going to say, because yeah, from, from an outside point of view, like I'm watching Newcastle, I only, obviously only highlights and whatever live games are on TV. They do look a lot more lively and stuff like that. They, they do break forward. They they yeah. turn over in plays much quicker uh, and stuff like that. So it's, it's good to see. That's right. It's a, it's a lot less rigid than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you consider um, players like. Um, Cher, for example, at the back, mm-hmm. he's um, he's very good at what he does. But if you play him in a back four, he gets exposed more for his, his weaknesses, which are he's slow on the turn and he's you know he, he needs to play in a back three. Um, if you take obviously him out of the team, you lose a great ball playing defender really because he's not just a defender; he can carry the ball forwards. Um, 
so it's it's not just a system that suits the, the front players, it suits the back players as well. So um, we'd have to make wholesale changes, I think, if we went back to a uh, back four. Mm-hmm. And so does does Rafa stay? In his interview on Match of the Day, he was non-committal? Nah, he's always non-committal. <laughs> um, um, so he did an interview with a lot of the local papers paid this week. Well, sorry, Lee Charnley did, who's the managing director. And he said some things which made it sound like probably will stay talk about giving him upwards of 60 million to spend mm-hmm. um, which great news you know it's, I think Rafa hit the nail on the head the other week when he was talking where he said we don't want or don't need a hun- hundreds of millions because realistically we're, we're not going to challenge the top six but with even 50 60 million and the right recruitment drive behind the scenes doing things in the right way we can be that seventh club. We can be the best of the rest and have a you know enough of a squad to have a cup run without having to play Hostelu and this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's not really a lot to ask. Um, we continue to get a hundred million just for being in the league, yeah. of which we spent pretty much none of it last this season. So mm-hmm. um, potentially double the fun next season. Yeah. Um, the big sticking point seems to be Benitez wants total control over transfers, whereas they want him to buy players of a certain age who have a potential resale value, which would scupper a deal for Rondon, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but also Benitez wants um, changes to the training ground. Uh, and one of the things that the managing director said is that we've never lost out on a player because of the training ground. It didn't stop us finishing 10th. It didn't stop us getting promoted from the championship. Uh, and those comments have set people off a bit worried that they're basically saying, we're going to do it our way and yeah, they like it or lump it. Uh, and unfortunately... He's out of contract in June, so he will lump it if, he, yeah, if it's not yeah. on his terms. So um, it's going to be an interesting few weeks ahead because now the pressure's off. Um, there's nothing really to talk about other than his contract. Mm-hmm. There's no question of whether which league will be in that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it, it, you know, the fans were pretty vocal yesterday in, in shouting Benitez's name, which is not unusual, but uh, it just shows his popularity. And if he did leave, um, it'll be <laughs> unless it's a huge name. I, I think it'll be very difficult to replace him well, I hear Big Sam will be back off his holidays soon don't don't joke because uh, <laughs> Mike Ashley went on one of his rare TV interviews made a point of apologising to Big Sam for uh, <laughs> for, for, for when he did when he first came in um, and I think a lot of people see that as a kind of you are my wet dream of a man John I'm sorry mm. because uh, because he will get us to 17th and, I think uh, I'd like to go back as well because I think he feels there's unfinished business there no, he's, I mean he's shameless, but he also has a um, a, a property in Spain which he calls Casa St James. It's because he got eight million pounds of being sacked by us. So mm. he's, uh, <laughs> I mean, that would be the end. Like I certainly wouldn't renew if uh, if that fucker came back. I like Sam, but I wouldn't want to manage him in my club. Uh, uh, well. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Uh, on to Saturday's uh, final game then. Uh, strangely, this was last on match of the day. Um, Bournemouth uh, at home to Fulham. Uh, Eddie Howe's 500th game in, in football. Not all at, at Bournemouth. A lot of people seem to forget he went to Burnley for a short period of time. Um, Alexander Mitrovic decides to come and support his party. Well, Fulham in general uh, came and support his party. Um, Bournemouth were all over Fulham to start with and come away losing 1-0. By the end, it just seemed like it was like every highlight was a Fulham attack. Yeah. Like I, I don't know what went wrong for Bournemouth, but uh, I saw them complain about injuries and things on social media afterwards. But mm-hmm. uh, they've just they, they looked an absolute wreck by the end. Like I don't know what they did because 
uh, Smith, the fullback, pulled up in the warm up. I think yeah, with an injury. Well, yeah, I've written this down. It seems to be every other week. There's a warm up uh, yeah. injury at Bournemouth, and he, he, he was replaced by Junior Stanislas, which like you know Stanislas is, is an okay player, but he's not a fullback. So what what did they do? Like, yeah. did, did they play him at fullback? I'd like to think. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm not even, <laughs> not even sure if they there. No, so they're obviously on the bones of their arse. Um, this Josh Simpson character came on at some point and gave away possibly the most obvious penalty I've ever seen in Premier League football. <laughs> <laughs> he just took a massive swipe at the ball and got nowhere near it. Uh, so that was good. So if he's the future for Bournemouth, then great. But uh, they need the season to finish and uh, have a rethink. And if they lose Fraser, Brooks, Wilson, any one of those three over the summer... Um, they may well be in trouble next season. Yeah, so more, there was more um, unsettled, unsettling scenes from the Bournemouth fans. I so say it's mad that 10,000 people on the south coast uh, playing, watching their team play Premier League football can be unsettled. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Fulham, um, successive wins for the first time in the Premier League uh, this season and since 2014, although obviously that stat means nothing because they weren't in the Premier League for 90% of that time. Um <laughs> Also successive clean sheets, and it was also Fulham's first away win of the season. Yeah, it's a bit ironic that they started to play now they've been relegated, but it's, it's happened before, I guess. Um, I think these two results have given Scott Parker a very, very good chance of getting the job next mm-hmm. season. Um, if he gets it, fair play to him, but the history of managers getting out of the championship in their first season in charge of any club is probably slim to none, I would suggest. Yeah, I say, and I've got to give credit where where credit's due. Uh, I've slayed him a few times this season. Rico in goal for Fulham was was pretty good. Probably his best performance. Himself. It's just a shame for him that he's you know learned to play in goal. Thirty two games too late. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, the only other note they've got. So Mitrovic scored the penalty, which gave him the win. Uh, I've got a note, and I can't remember what happened. I've got Mitrovic on Ake. Now I remember oh, they yeah. coming together, but I don't remember what happened. They both went up for a header, and uh, oh, his arm! Didn't he caught him with his arm? Didn't he? Yeah, he, he got he got booked for it, so I guess he can't get a, a retrospective ban. But yeah. uh, it was just a typical Mitrovic foul. But usually he does these things when he's when they're losing. So yeah. it was strange, strange. He maybe just fancies an early summer holiday because. <laughs> yeah, <no, best. laughs> uh, but yeah, that, so that's it for Saturday's games. Then, uh, so, although before we move on, though, do you think? that Eddie Howe could be coming to the end of his time at Bournemouth? I doubt it. I think if he left, it would be on his terms. Mm-hmm. Um, if another club came calling, for example. But um, as you said before, he went to another club and it, it didn't turn out well from. Yeah, but that other club was Burnley. Well, that's true, yes. But, you know, he'll have to live every night with the, the fact that Sean Dyche's done a better job with him at a club. So. <laughs> you know, um, you know uh, would he come to you guys, for example? Uh, I think it would be. I wouldn't want them personally. I think. Okay, I, I thought think he, it, I thought he'd fit the mould at Newcastle. Well, I don't really know what that mould is anymore, to be honest. With, well, he, uh, he likes signing young players. He does, but I mean, is that out of necessity, or is it mm. the way it is? Like, he's, he, I think it's a big difference managing a club like Bournemouth, where there's, as you say, a ten thousand gate every week. Um, for all they've done well, their expectations are practically zero. Uh, I know they've started to get a bit uppity recently because mm. they've lost a few games, but. Um, it's a cauldron, at, not just up here, but in a lot of the bigger clubs, like you know the West Ham's, Leicester's, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I would like them to manage something between Bournemouth and a club like us first. Okay. Um, but I, I think he's earned the right to go and try his hand somewhere else. But 
Um, I also think he's very comfortable at Bournemouth, um, and I think he'll probably want to have another go at this next season. Because mm. it depends who stays and who goes, like I say, but there's a shell of a good team at Bournemouth, it's mm-hmm. just missing a few players. Yeah, I say that's it. I say, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, if he did make the step up to, you know, to, to Newcastle, for example, the, the, I can't imagine the exposure in Bournemouth is all on the football club. Kind no. of, kind of like, you know, like towns like Huddersfield where, you know, you know, in terms of Huddersfield, football isn't the the main thing of the city. You know, the, the rugby league's quite popular up in the north and, and stuff like that. Uh, same for places like Wigan. Uh, in Bournemouth, obviously, it's uh, jam and scones and the city <laughs> or, and stuff like that. Um, but then, yeah, if he goes to a club, you know, Newcastle, where it's you know a city that lives and breathes football, um, the spotlight's going to be well and truly shone on him. But where where do you go in the middle? You've coming out of Bournemouth. Being a, Bournemouth are smaller than most League One clubs. Yeah, that's it's true. quite di- it's quite difficult for him to go to another Premier League club uh, and it'd be a comfortable transition. I think. I mean, the club that would suit him would be someone like Southampton, but he'd probably never go there because of, I don't know how much of a rivalry there is down there, but probably some, maybe. Mm, I, I don't know. They're Harry quite Red- far apart, actually. Say, yeah, so. Harry Redknapp did the thing, didn't he? And yeah. even, even after his Portsmouth thing. Um, but yeah, no, it is, it's strange, you know. To f- where would he go? Like, it's not going to be a London club because, again, the spotlight's on there. Uh, you know, do they even have a newspaper in Bournemouth? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's it's you don't think about it like that, do you? But then you know, you just think of Bournemouth at the moment as a, as a Premier League club. You know, they they buy players for twenty odd million pound, and well, whatever, do, but, yeah. but then their training ground's bigger than their stadium. Yeah, it's, an, it's, it's, a straight, it's <laughs> and, a really strange. And they have setup. pictures of them all on the on the stadium. That, that it's really weird. weirds me out. <laughs> yeah. it does, every time it's like, oh look, there's Callum Wilson's back from when they got promoted. <laughs> Great. It's really strange. <laughs> uh, right on to Sunday's games then. Oh god, do we have to? Um, so early kickoff uh, on Sky this morning was Everton against Manchester United. Uh, I think everyone expected uh, this to be a very one-sided result and it was, but not in the way people expected. Uh, I think I can sum it up pretty much when I was saw um I was watching an American broadcast of the Arsenal game afterwards and they were like even Theo Walcott scored. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Everton, Everton came away 4-0 winners. Now, I only had half an eye on this game because I was potting around doing other things. And every time I looked at the telly, Everton were putting the goal in the back of the net. The first time I turned it on, Richarlison was literally mid-kick. <laughs> it, it was it was ridiculous. I do love the irony, though, of uh, Everton wanting Big Sam out because they didn't like the style of football. And now Marco Silva's got them scoring some long throws in like <laughs> in what in like two consecutive home games now. Um, that's that's you know fair play for that. Mm. Um, I mean, for all Everton were good. Man United were just shit. They like, were really bad, weren't they? Really so, bad. So poor from a team of that size. Um, to hear on Sigerson's goal, like seen quite a slow reaction to me. Yeah, very. Like I don't know where his head is. Like he he's he's been very poor. Uh, I think I heard Chris talking about it on the Extra Time show uh, that he was he he was happier under Mourinho. But like, I don't get how that works because Mourinho well, was throwing was you know. I guess I guess from a, from a goalkeeper's point of view, when you've got your defence and midfield in front of you, you probably feel more protected. Whereas with Solskjaer's uh, reckless abandon, we must play the Man United way. Um, he's busier than ever, so <laughs> more ch- more more chances to make a mistake. But um, I just think 
obviously the, the, the squad's not up to Man United standard, whatever way you look at it. I don't think that squad's up to most Premier League team standards. No, so I suppose like in many ways Solskjaer is a victim of his own success because he had that period when he came in where they did very, very well. Um, but since he's been given the job permanently, all the players have relaxed and said, well, back to where we were now. Um, which Is that his fault? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But as, uh, as we said when he was appointed, there's nothing to suggest he will be the man to turn that club back to where it was. Just because he used to play for them, that's not really a reason. Yeah, it, it, uh, it's weird. Like you, you look at the players at that club. Like so, go back a few seasons, and if it was said that Man United were having a clearance of their squad, most Premier League teams would 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 sit up and listen. But I don't think any Premier League teams are going to be going in for the likes of Ashley Young, Matic, you know, Phil Jones, who injured himself. Making an that unnecessary was, tackle. Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? You, you know, where, I mean, who's going to who's going to sign these players? They'd be better off making an MLS franchise team and just sending them all off there because yeah. that's like that's where they're all going as their next move. Like as Ashley Young, on his wages, his options are to retire or to go abroad to like yeah. the MLS or somewhere like that. That's um, it. Because they are, he's a poor footballer now, like. Mm-hmm. He, he's a field winger who's become a fullback, which can add on a couple of years to his career. Fair enough, it's done that. But now he's he's a field fullback. Like, where do you go from here? Yeah, that, that, that's it. I, I generally don't see what club takes a chance on him. Um, I don't know if he's out of contract at the end of the summer, like a few of them are. I mean, he, he must be close. Like, which idiot signed him to like a four-year contract? Because he seems to have been knocking around for a long time now. You know, and I know that like, like, I think Ander Herrera is, is out of contract. Um, I think De Gea's in down to his last year and stuff like that. And um, you know, but Matic, Matic might get picked up by somebody abroad, I suppose, because you know, in a slower league, he could probably do something. Yeah, um, but, he'll go to Juventus or something and just play midfield. And, yeah, but you know. yeah, Ashley Young, there's there's nothing about him. There's, there's, I don't think there's any. I don't. I don't even think the MLS would have him. <laughs> Well, it's he's just he's rubbish. Even the set pieces used to get him out of jail, and even they're rubbish now. There's, there's just nothing about him that makes you think he's worth a hundred grand a week. Yeah, it's madness. But I don't want to do what Sky did. I don't want to totally uh, disregard Everton's performance. This no, to, the, no. to the point that Sky didn't even replay the goals. <laughs> they spent more time moaning about Man United because obviously. Th- there's probably more Man United fans watching that game than than the Liverpool uh, than Everton fans, so they have to pander to their audience. Uh, but Everton were really good, and they've been really, bar the Fulham result, they've been really good the last few weeks. Okay, they weren't great when they beat us, but us losing to them now doesn't look too bad, considering they've beaten Chelsea uh, and Man United now uh, in their last couple yeah. of home games as well. But yeah, we weren't. I'm not going to make excuses. We were poor in that game, and they weren't as good as they were against Chelsea or against Man United today. Um, yeah, they they were just really really good. You know, Sigurdsson um, is having his best season. Where a couple of couple of seasons ago, Everton fans would have literally thrown him thrown him out the door because they, <laughs> they couldn't fit him in the squad. Um, yeah, uh, Lucas Digne, um Beginning of the season, I thought he was probably one of the worst left backs I'd seen in the Premier League. And he's been, oh, he's he's been, he's been fantastic. He's uh, up to speed now, isn't he? It mm-hmm. took a little bit of time to get used to the pace of the league, but uh, he's got a very, what's the phrase, like a cultured left foot. He, uh, you can mm-hmm. see he can 
played at a, played at a higher level than this before. Uh, uh, I say Richarlison. You know, he's had quite a few weeks. Um, scored scored a great goal. He went off injured, um, but he had a decent game. And say and Theo Walcott comes on and and, and rolls back the years to uh, you know slide the ball under David De Gea. And say that Walcott hasn't scored for what feels like months. It might be longer. Yeah. Um, but he took a score like he hadn't missed today. Yeah. It was uh, it was insane. Um, uh, they were great. Um, they've put themselves in, in with a shot of finishing seventh now. Um, yeah. With the with the investment they've had, they, they probably have got the seventh best squad in the league. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's unfair to say. No, they're only, miss, only missing a forward really, but they, they found a system that works for them with Calvert Lewin, who all right doesn't really necessarily score that many himself, but he's a nuisance, um, and I think that. Makes a lot of space for likes of Sigurdsson and uh, and Richarlison. So, mm-hmm. um, Bernard as well. He's been considering they got him for nothing. Yeah. I think um, he's been very very good for them. Yeah. So Andre Gomez, who um, has been one of their better players this season, missed this game through suspension. Um, but yeah, didn't seem to affect them that much. Idris uh, uh, Gay, who's um, been looked at by a few teams, uh, had a great game. Now uh, the weirdly the Sky commentators. Um, all they could focus on he got booked quite early on oh yes and all Sky could focus on was the fact oh he's been booked for a yellow card uh, you know he's a midfielder he's in a lot of trouble now he, he practically played the rest of the game had a great game yes, Absol- that's what, absolutely that's what, no issues got subbed off in the end <laughs> it's uh, less of a worry when the other team don't run <laughs> full stop like I saw Everton players ran 8 kilometres further collectively than Man United players yeah, Man- that's, that's, that's not even close. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Man United just didn't look interested at all. I can't even say they looked tired. Rashford uh, again was subbed off. Had an, an, an you know an unnoticeable performance. Um, I don't know about him. Like when Solskjaer first came in, I remember mentioning on the show that Rashford had that he had that streak about him. Now he, he looked happier playing through the middle and whatever. But then in the last couple of weeks. He's just had. He looks like he's pissed off again. He just, well, the he just plays with a, a a shitty expression on his face. Well, the pairing was Lukaku. Um, well, yeah, I suppose that, that, which, that would annoy most people. Uh, well, it would. I mean, it must be hard. Like when his second touch is always a tackle. Like it must be hard to link up with him. But um, I thought that was an odd decision, really, because as you say, that that was kind of what their success was built on was Rashford through the middle, Martial one way, Lingard the other. Um, Pace, exciting football. Lukaku, he scored a few goals, yes, fair enough, but uh, he's, he's, he changes the way they play, not for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes he's on it and he's great, but a lot of the time he's not on it, and he's an act of you know detriment really to how they play. So <laughs> I would probably have just made the decision to go with Rashford as the striker, um, and that would have been that. But Rashford himself doesn't look 100% fit. I know he's had a few knocks and things. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he's carrying one at the minute, he, I guess he must be because he's been because they've been managing him quite heavy, haven't they? Like, I don't think you know they've they've taken him off in most games. Yeah, yeah, he's been off uh, off in the last few I've watched anyway. So it's it's, it's a possibility he's carrying a knock, but uh, to me, they should be building their team around the likes of him uh, rather than you know shoehorn and Lukaku in and saying, well, you know, good luck with that. But here we are. 
Um, so yeah, Man United uh, travel. Well, I travel across the city. I think it's at the Etihad. It's Man United, Man City uh, on Wednesday night, which is going to have a big say in the title race uh, and a big say in who finishes in the top four. Uh, by the sounds of it, um, talking Liverpool fans cheering for Man United. <laughs> you might as well not bother. I don't see that Man United team going out and causing Man City any problems whatsoever. I don't, but I think that result today actually does Liverpool a bit of a favour because if Solskjaer is any kind of manager, he'll have given them a, a huge fucking rocket today mm-hmm. and said, you know, we need a reaction from you on Wednesday night, whenever it is Tuesday night. Well, he, he didn't give a, uh, an interview till late after the game. Yeah. So I imagine he was in there giving them some kind of bollocking. Yeah, and he just needs to say to them, look, we, the, you owe the fans a performance here. Um and whether whether they get whether he gets a reaction or not is another matter. But um, if they'd won today, it kind of go into that game thinking, well, you know, we've got the three points, we're in the top four. It'd be nice to win, but uh, you know, we've had a good win this week. Um, now they, they really need to to grind some it out for pride's sake, really. Um, and you'll probably see a lot from the team he picks on uh, on Wednesday as to who who he thinks is going to be there next season. Yeah. Did you see them stopping Man City at all? No, I, I, I don't. But on the other hand, Man City haven't been great themselves. I know oh, yeah, they've won. True. I know they've won all their games recently, but they're winning by the odd goal now, as opposed to the swagger they'll win with by early in the season. Um, whether that's tiredness or pressure or both, um, I'm not really sure. But uh, I think Man City will win, um, just because Man United are awful. But uh, if anyone's going to stop Man City. I actually think it'll be Leicester in a few weeks' time, um, okay. just because of the way Leicester play versus the way Man City play. I think it's it kind of suits Vardy. He's got a good record against Man City from memory. Uh, I can see him causing them some bother, but it's a few weeks away yet, yeah. so we'll see how it goes. Uh, so uh, we'll do the um, easy game before coming on to the one. I'll save my voice for a bit. Um, <laughs> Cardiff uh, against Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool regaining top position in the uh, Premier League table again in the weekly tit for tat. It is uh, obviously <laughs> Man City and Liverpool can't ever play at the same time. Um, down to Sky. Now I didn't see very much of this because obviously I was watching the shit show on that was on at the same time. Uh, the only two notes I have are Effridge saves and Salah goes down way too easily. Hmm. I don't so even yeah, know who scored um, Liverpool's first goal. Uh, Wijnaldum scored away from home, which never happens, okay. but, but he did. Um, yeah, so the goal came from a corner where they looked like it scuffed it, but it was actually like a, a, a move where Wijnaldum had ran near post and uh, Alexander-Arnold played it low and Wijnaldum, for want of a better phrase, absolutely twatted it. In a, okay. <laughs> like he caught it so sweetly, like it, no one was stopping it. Like it was uh, from all about maybe ten yards, if that. So, well worked, but uh, good goal to start them off. Um, Etheridge made a couple of saves. Nothing. He, he didn't make tons of saves, but mm-hmm. he, in the first half, he was working hard anyway. Um, Pal- uh, Cardiff had a couple of shouts for pens and chances, but. One of them was like a ball in the box where Robertson had hold of Morrison for a couple of seconds and then he let go and then Morrison headed over the bar. And Warnock's argument is that it stopped Morrison getting a proper run at the ball, mm-hmm. which it probably did, but it's, again, it's the type of thing that happens a lot. 
rightly or wrongly. Um, well, and, well, yeah, and then, but then go then, down the other end. Yeah, go down the other end, and so for me, it's like, I think it's a pen, but it seems to have split opinion somewhat. Um, mainly because when it starts, Salah has the ball and he's twisting and turning, and Morrison's got his hands on him. But when Salah knocks the ball past him, that's when Morrison grabs him, kind of upper body, mm-hmm. uh, and, Salah, and Salah falls down like he's been shot, which, as we've seen plenty of times I this think season. that's what makes it worse for me. I, I don't think I'd dispute that the, it's a foul and potentially a penalty, but he, the way he went down... Look, this is literally the only clip of the game I've seen. I haven't even seen the resulting penalty. Like, the way he went down was ridiculous. Mm. The problem is, if he doesn't go down, he doesn't get the pen. Which, again, is stupid, but it's... Yeah, generally, no, I, generally, I, I agree, but I just don't like to see it. You know, and no, it, it, it adds credence to the argument. So, we spoke on here multiple times about how Cardiff have had the short end of the stick from decisions recently. Mm. And then again, Liverpool have had the benefit of some ridiculous decisions. And I think cases like this, while... Yes, within the laws of the game, it's a penalty. It doesn't, it doesn't cast an eye favourably, if you know what I mean. Yeah, as you said, Cardiff have certainly seen to have had the shit end of the stick on more than one occasion. Certainly, a lot recently, as it's come down to the kind of business end of the season. Um, Salah has won maybe three or four penalties, which he shouldn't have won. Yeah, um, I think both me and you have been victim of it. Our teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've seen it first hand but uh, on this occasion I think it, it is a pen um, but I do feel a bit bad for Cardiff because it, these decisions are they could make a good argument for saying it's cost them as to their place in the league they might yet get out of it but you know it's yeah. looking unlikely now yeah, but again it's the inconsistency isn't it as you say no I didn't know there'd been an incident on the other end that was very similar and like, we'll come on to the Arsenal game in a minute. They were probably, considering the Arsenal game had the referee had awarded the most penalties this season. The amount, the amount of ridiculous decisions that weren't given in that game. It, 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 it it's just frustrating to see. You know, Salah is one, easily one of the best players in the league at the moment, and it's it's so theatrical. It 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 makes me not want Liverpool to win the league. Mm. Because I don't like, I don't like to see that kind of play. It's it's very much the the shitty Sunday league footballer approach. Like I played, um, I played five side football on the Thursday, and we had we had a new guy turn up to play with us this week, and he thought he was fucking God's toast. Like he thought <laughs> he was the fucking greatest thing. You know, we're a bunch of fat fucking thirty to forty year old man playing five side. Even the even the guy who ran the place we were playing was like, "Who does this guy think he is, Cristiano Ronaldo?" Like, <laughs> and he's going down clutching his ankle. Like we've been playing for a month, we've never had a single foul or free kick or anything. This guy turns up, he's caught, he's waving for the ref. Every, every time someone tackles him, and it, it, you know, and it, it it's the side of the game I really don't like. Now that's a casual game, I, I don't like to see it in 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 the Premier League either. And I know there are certain people who are probably going to turn around and say, "Well, you're an Arsenal fan. You 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 had like Perez and stuff like that." And don't get me wrong, yeah, Perez, you know, he made a meal of some things, but not even close to being the same sort of thing as that. You know, a lot of Perez's were. Very similar to the the Zahar kind of thing, where you're running into the box and yeah. you go down easily. Okay, you're giving the referee a decision to make and whatever. But like going down because someone touches you. I, I said I said in the in the WhatsApp group, you can. I, I now understand um, 
why um, Jurgen Klopp doesn't like playing on windy days because obviously <laughs> he, he probably has to put concrete boots on so like, to stop him from falling over. <laughs> yeah, he, he just doesn't do himself any favours. Well, no, but if he hadn't dived two or three times earlier in the season, probably people would look at this and said, "Well, you know, he's got to go down or he didn't get it." But because yeah, he's got that, 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 yeah, that, that, that form, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the type of thing that if if they are can stop that sort of thing happening, then it's been a success. Um, but I think VR will go the other way, strangely enough. I think you'll see more of those given. I think you're probably right, and it's because of this clear and obvious thing. Yeah. So if a player even gets the slightest clip, that's and the rest given it in real time as a pen, he's going to still get the penalty anyway. Because yeah. there's been, it's been some conduct, and how would you disprove that it would have knocked the player over? You, you can't, really. So yeah. it, it, uh, I, I think it's, it's setting us up for a bad time. I think I think Mohamed Salah is going to have a fucking field day next season. Him, him and Zahar are going to have like a one man, a two man competition for who can win the most penalties next season. No, oh, it's going to be insane. Um, every fancy Premier League team is going to be filled with penalty takers, and mm. there's going to be like, Milivojevic is going to be everybody's <laughs> captain. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it could go one of two ways, couldn't it? They could either really stamp it out, or um, everyone will just learn to, you know, not do that. But mm. uh, I know what Premier League footballers are like, and until it happens several times, they won't learn a thing. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm really curious to see how it's going to affect penalties and how many get overturned, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that'll be fun for next season, Sunday yeah. nights. Yeah. Anything else of note from this this game? I I didn't see anything of it really. So. No, I mean it wasn't actually that good of a game just because Cardiff went to defend and Liverpool had a lot of the ball. Um, Cardiff had the odd flurry, but um, they never really troubled Liverpool that much other than the odd set piece. Um, I think everyone. Shock horror! So, a Liverpool game wasn't entertaining. I know. <laughs> this was like their stereotypical performance this season, which Ali will tell you where they they played. They played okay, and they've won to nil, um, and they roll on to next week. Great. Okay. Ever so quickly, then we'll come on to the other Sunday four o'clock game. <laughs> oh God! I had my fears for this game. To be fair, um, I think it was it you who said in the in the WhatsApp chat that. Palace's job this season is just to turn up and fuck oh, it's, things. <laughs> it's, it's every season. Like if Palace are safe this time of year, it's the worst time to play them because they they play with such like they've got players who, like Zaha's and I don't know if Townsend played that kind of player, yeah, but Townsend came on. Yeah, they'll just run about and try things and generally play with a bit of freedom. Um, and obviously, historically, they fucked Liverpool up on this kind of time of year. Yeah. Um, and they're just that kind of club, aren't they? Where they you know, they, they just get in the way this time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Arsenal are like the dream opponent for a club like that because you've got players like Mustafi who uh, can't defend. Well, yeah, no, so I've <laughs> defended Mustafi a few times, but this today was quite possibly the worst I've ever seen of him. He just literally gets out of the way. Um, yeah. Arsenal losing at home for the I think it was their they, I think they'd won like 10 home games in a row uh, going to this on quite a good run obviously our away record isn't brilliant uh, Palace have decent away form I think they've beaten Man, I think they beat Man City away did they, they did yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I think they're better away from home I know 
No, I, I think they have been better away from home this season. I think they took one more point away from home than they had at home or something. I'm sure I saw well, that somewhere. Concerned they don't score goals at home, they seem to score them at will away. So, mm, but so I, as I said, I had my doubts going to this game. We, we've played a lot of football right lately, um, mm. with the Europa League and, and things like you know, going from Monday, Thursday, Sunday, you know, three big, big. You can argue they're big games in a week. You know, we we had a, a hard fought win at. Watford were okay. Yes, we um, probably let off the gas a little bit, you know, but we'd, we'd had a, a game against Napoli before that as well, um, you know, so it was quite a physical game against um, Watford. We come out of that. Uh, we had to go to uh, Napoli and, and get a result. Uh, on Thursday night, which we did, and we, you know, that was a, 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 again another Arsenal resolute. Um, uh, Oh, what's performance? Couldn't think of the word then. Uh, which is something you're not used to Arsenal doing. You know, you're not used to yeah. Arsenal going and getting you know these resolute one nil wins uh, since the eighties. Um, so I, I thought this might be the one game that might trip us up, uh, and it did. And the fact that Christian Benteke scored, like <laughs> Jesus Christ, I, I just I, I wanted to die. I, I, I couldn't believe it. it you know, uh, Mav- I can't pronounce his name. Mavropanos, oh, yes. the young Greek defender. He played. He's been pretty good when he has played for us and whatever. Um, he gave away a silly free kick, and we were punished for it. Basically, we just decided not to mark Benteke because obviously we've been watching his highlights for the last year, uh, and he just, he just scores. Um, yeah, we rotate the squad slightly. Uh, Carl Jenkinson came in. Jenkins. Jenkinson. Jen- 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 he's finishing. He? Um, <laughs> he actually is Finnish, strangely. Yeah, uh, I was saying this before. Yeah. I mean, England have capped him, and all they've done is rob Finland of a, of a, of a, of a reasonable fullback. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a so weird yeah, thing to do. Him and El Nenny started in place of like uh, Torreira and Ashley Maitland-Niles. Uh, Ashley Maitland-Niles are probably one of our best performers in recent weeks as well. Um, but yeah, come half time, they were both. Bought, well, uh, Torreira came on slightly after, but um, Jenkinson was taken off for Ashley Maitland-Niles at half time. Uh, yeah, the team selection was it, it seemed very odd to me. Um, he hasn't really played uh, Lacazette and Aubameyang in many games. Um, he started them both today, though. I know, and that's obviously hasn't worked out for him particularly well. That's the problem. When he does start them, it doesn't. It most of the time it hasn't worked out for us. Yeah. So then he'll go back to one of them. <laughs> and then everyone's like, "Oh, why don't you play them together?" And then and then they'll play together and we'll win. And then we'll go a couple more games where we we, we'll, we won't be great. It, it's really strange. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing you didn't lose today because those two were playing up front. Like, I, I doubt they no, not really. Yeah, Lacazette, Lacazette was really good. Uh, Aubameyang scored our second goal. Um, uh, and, you know, he looked all right. But Lacazette is the player who should start every game. If you're mm. going to drop one of them, it's got to be Aubameyang. Um, Lacazette, he's, he's, he's touch. With players around him is fantastic, but unfortunately, Palace just decided they were going to put everyone behind the ball at a certain time when we came forward. Uh, but yeah, so Benteke scored from a free kick. Um, second half come out, Ertzel came out straight away, scored absolutely straight on it, and you. Can I swear, see- he scored that same goal several times yeah, where he chips yeah, the keeper the near post. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's fantastic. You, you could tell he was up for this game. You know, he came out and he, and you know he. he took the game by the scruff of the neck for two minutes uh, and, and we scored uh, we probably should have had a penalty shortly after as well uh, Wamba Saka very similar to the um, Carl Walker incident on, on Saturday um, 
Oh, yes. Again, yeah, wasn't given. Uh, I think it was John Moss who's the referee, again, who's given the most penalties. And when I saw that stat, I was like, great, we were playing against Palace, who's won the most penalties this season. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ashley Maitland-Niles and uh, my five-a-side god, uh, Alex Iwobi, came on at half-time. And so, and it, it, Iwobi was involved in the build-up for the, for the goal with it as well. Um, and Lacazette, the ball Lacazette played to him was absolutely sublime. Um but then Mustafi just decided he wanted to put his clown boots on, have a run around, just literally let Zaha go. Just like, see you later, you know. Yeah, I, I don't understand what he's trying to do here. I, I saw the goals in the sky app before. Um, it's just a flick on where he just goes missing. It's, yeah, basically. It's, it's just so like, strange. He's just like, I don't know, did a, did a bird fly past or something? It, like, like if it happened on Football Manager, you'd be livid. Like that's, that's yeah. it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Like if it's a computer glitch, you'd be thinking, well, well, yeah. it's a glitch. Yeah. Um, that was very, very odd. Yeah, obviously all the Spurs fans on my t- timeline are having the fucking whale of a time. Um, but yeah, I say we had plenty of chances to equalise, but Palace once they were three one up, they 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 weren't giving that win away. Um, I had I thought once we got the second, we might have snuck a draw, and I genuinely thought. With about two minutes to go, if we could have got an equaliser in the last two minutes, we'd have gone on to win that game with the momentum. You know, sometimes you just feel it, don't you? You just feel yeah, it. Yeah. You, you get a goal now, and that's it. Palace would have, I think, Palace would have just been flat out. Then they'd have been like, you know, because Palace played quite well. Um, but yeah, we 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 lost. Great. Uh, we're, we, still, we're still a decent chance for fourth though. It's not the end of the world. A lot of Arsenal fans seem to think we've thrown away fourth place, but we've still got a game in hand on, on most of our on, uh, teams around us. Uh, and Man, Man United and Chelsea have to play each other. Yeah, I'd still say you've got every chance of getting uh, top four. Plus, I mean, you've, you've got a good chance of Europa League final as well, which is like a shootout for, for yeah. Champions League. I, 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 I would sack off the league right now for the Europa League at the moment. I think we'll be with the favourites now. I don't know how Chelsea actually are the favourites, um, but you know uh, Valencia. Uh, you know they're not an easy team to play, but this is a team that plays with Francis Coquelin and Gabriel in it. Yeah, I mean you've got, you've got to think you've, you've got rid of two of your lesser players to them. They can't be that good, surely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then what, uh, Chelsea or um, Eintracht Frankfurt is it? Yeah, you know, no. Frankfurt I mean, are being carried by a striker. Who's having a phenomenal season, and I would not fear playing Chelsea in any game this season. No, and to be honest, I watched them on Thursday against Slavia Prague, I think it was. Um, and for all, yes, they were very good in the, in the first ten minutes, but as soon as Prague had a go at them, they had, they had nothing. It was uh, they were fortunate to have that lead from the first leg, or else it would have been a very uncomfortable night for them, to be honest. And that's it. And Mustafi won't play. In those games, I don't think Mustafi will play again this season. Though, to be fair, because really? uh, well, Socrates is back now. He's Socrates has been suspended. Oh yes, he, he got. Um, I think he might have one game left. Actually, he, he got a ban for um, ten red, yellow cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was a two-game ban he got. So that's why he's played in Europe, but not been playing in the in the in our last couple of league games. Uh, hence why Mavropanos came in against Watford, and then like him and. Um, Mustafi came in today. You know, obviously, Koscielny's been really good in in the games he's played, but a lot of games in a short space of time doesn't help him uh, a little bit. But yeah, I, I think with Sok- Socrates back, I would fire Mustafi into the sun right now. <laughs> well, some way I say that Emery knows the Europa League and he knows what it takes to get through two-legged games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would I would put you in the box seat certainly to get past Valencia. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if it's Chelsea in the final, I mean, if it's it's a one-off game, that's the thing. It's a final; anything can happen, can't it? You've, you've each beaten each other this season. Um, I think obviously I'd prefer Arsenal to win, but I wouldn't like to put money on it. They've got Hazard, who's a bit of a game changer yeah. when he's on it. But uh, likewise, you know, if Özil's on it, then that's you know not too dissimilar, really. But yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping no injuries to any of our centre backs apart from the German one. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd happily watch Pem Mertes like a come back into the lineup at the moment. I mean, he's got to be close. Like, I know he's not. I know he's coaching the academy and some of them in, but surely he still owns a pair of boots. It, 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 it's so frustrating because I genuinely do like Mustafi. On his day, he's a very good centre back, but I, I don't think I've ever known a player who flips from like he goes from being a really solid centre back like to this mad puppy. That just runs around headlessly. Have you seen that clip from the um, f- the, the Arsenal media team by in the midweek of the ball? The ball's crossed over, and Mustafi takes it on his back. No. Have you not seen this? No. Oh, I'll have to find it and send it. So the, it's obviously the kickoff before the game, and I think it was before. It must have been before, like what the Watford game or something. Um, a ball's come across basically, and if I remember it rightly, Mustafi takes the ball down on his back and literally rolls it around and starts doing skills with the ball. And it's like if, if Hazard did okay, it's, oh, it's pre-game warm-up and whatever. But if you just seen like Ronaldinho or someone do that, people would have been like, "Wow, that was really, really good." It's fucking Mustafi. <laughs> and then the next thing, he's running, running, chasing a fucking magpie in the middle of a Premier League game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's it his concentration levels or or whatever. I know there's been um, the argument that has been made at times is that because he's. he's this is going to sound really, really dodgy, and it isn't. Uh, he's, he's a practicing Muslim, right. so, so when Ramadan comes up, oh, yes. obviously it can have a bit of an effect because uh, obviously they only eat during certain hours. Uh, so this is this is the same problem that Shamak had when he was with us. Uh, well, we had this with Demba Bar when he first came to Newcastle. He didn't score for his first four or five games because it was during Ramadan, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, all of a sudden it finished and he went on. He was a goal machine. Yeah, so, but yeah, so, I, I know Ramadan's coming up, but I don't think it's at the moment. Oh, um, right. <laughs> so, I, you know, but yeah, I don't know. His, his head is elsewhere, basically, I'm, and I'm just not sure where it is. Um, I mean, I don't want to sour your mood here, but he sounds like a German Titus Bramble to me. It's not that bad. If, <laughs> no one, no one's that bad. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, f- fair play to Palace. Palace was set up really well, uh, played and, and and did you know did you know took advantage. You know, second half, their 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 two goals in the second half were against the run of play, and, I, I, and only one of them was again down to a, a fucking gift, basically. Well, yeah, I think we say this every week though, but Palace should really be better than they are. Like, there's not too many weaknesses in that team. They've got. A good front three, whether it's Batshuayi or like an on-form Benteke. I know he hasn't played well for two years now, but mm. he has it in, in him somewhere. Yeah. Batshuayi doesn't seem to get much of a sniff, though, does he? Well, it's been dropped for Benteke, which is like must be the worst-case scenario for a forward to be dropped by a man who hasn't scored for two years. Well, he has like now. That. He has now, yeah, true. But uh, I suppose maybe because he's on loan, maybe they, maybe they know they're not going to buy him, so they just don't see the point in wasting the time on him. But I would have thought they'd have been trying to buy him. Yeah. You know, um, he's a decent player. Yeah. Um, but the two full-backs, Van Bissaka, Van Arnold, good. Um, the centre-half, when they're fit, Sacco and Tompkins, it's not bad, really, for Premier League team. Mm. Uh, I know Ali rates Sacco very yeah. highly from his Liverpool times. Um, Milivojevic seems to be a good hand with set-pieces and generally gets around the pitch. 
two good wingers. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot to be positive about yeah. for them. But uh, we'll, we'll probably say how good they are next season because uh, Wilfred Zahar's given an interview, hasn't he, where he said he's probably might be time to leave, which I was I saw, surprised by. I saw something today saying he was going to France. So, presumably, presumably PSG. Yeah, like, PSG I can't see. Apparently, PSG are looking at him. There's been rumours for the last couple of weeks that Arsenal were interested. Uh, obviously, mm. Spurs are perennially interested. Um, yeah. Emery came out and praised him in the pre pretty much uh, media uh, him and Wambasaka he, he said he's got a lot of time for uh, and I think because our scouts have been at a lot of Palace games watching Wambasaka because uh, we've been heavily linked with him I think a lot of people are presuming that that means we're probably going to try and sign Zahar as well I'd really hope not I don't think he's the sort of player we need um, but yeah but he's coming in an interview saying like he, he, he feels like he, it might be time for him to leave Palace he, he needs he wants to be playing in like in, in Europe either the Europa League or the Champions League because that's where the best players play um, but he's left them before and it didn't go well that's it he's a bit like the Eddie Howe of the player yeah. isn't he? he went away um, failed miserably then went crawling back didn't he yeah. but, but then also in this this I don't think it's the same interview or another interview. Um, he's also mentioned that he believes his move to Man United was sabotaged by David Moyes, and he doesn't know why. Because there were rumours that he was dating David Moyes' daughter, weren't there? Yeah, and no, I never know whether we believe these things or not when you hear them. But yeah, uh, yeah. I remember seeing that at the time. Yeah, that he'd uh, he'd um, been having a way with her, one of a better phrase. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, and that put the manager's nose out of joint, but. But yeah. yeah, weird. So, so if maybe if, if something like that was going on, he, he he feels like he could go away because there was a lot of talk. I think the, the Man United spin on was it? He was a London boy. He was homesick. He missed his mom, and <laughs> and that was basically what they came out. They were like, he, he misses, he, you know, he, he he can't live on his own. He he, he needs to go and live with his mom, eh? Basically, <laughs> you know, I, I don't remember a single time Zaha played for Man United. Like, I, obviously, I know what happened, but I can't remember watching a game and going, oh look, there's Zaha on the wing. Like, <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't. I've got no memory of it whatsoever. Yeah, just didn't didn't go well for him. So it'd be interesting. But yeah, I, I remember he was linked with the move to China in the summer, and I was like, well, he ain't going to China because oh. like he couldn't go to Manchester. That'd be such a waste as well. Like I'm sure the Chinese league has its merits, but it's not. He's a good player. He shouldn't be playing in China. Yeah. Like, save that. Save that when he's 34 and his legs are gone. He can go and play for with uh, Tuba Moting. At, um, at PSG. PSG. Yeah. Practice missing, missing open goals. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, so, yeah, that's all the games then. There's quite a few games coming midweek uh, as we get down to, the, the say, the business end of the season. Uh, Man United, Man City, I think we've discussed, is, is, is the big one. Liverpool don't play, do they? Because it's literally game no, in hand. No, no. This, this is the last games in hand, yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think four of the top six are playing, though. Yeah, um, I'm sure we've got Wolves. In fact, maybe... Maybe Probably five of the top six. Yeah, I think there's only Liverpool don't have to play. Yeah, oh, because yeah, Chelsea play Monday, don't they? Chelsea, Sorry. Chelsea yeah. play uh, Burnley tomorrow. I'm really yeah. hoping Burnley's form continues and they take a point there. It'd make this weekend less uh, harder to swallow. You know, it wouldn't surprise us if they did. Um, Burnley are the type of team who will go there and they'll just shit them up. And Chelsea don't look at the type of team who've got a fight in them at the minute. Yeah. Uh, say, especially after a, a, again the European hangover potentially well I say like Prague had a go at them second half and they had nothing in response mm-hmm. they, they were hanging on for, for times in that match so have you got Burn- next oh, sorry. I was going to say if Burnley keep it tight then uh, that could end in yeah. a draw quite easily do you have next week's fixtures in, in front of you I know you usually do uh, uh, yes I do Yeah. so who who do we have next week I'm just interested in the title race mainly 
Oh, what next? Like, not midweek game. Isn't it Liverpool Huddersfield? That's Friday night, yeah, Liverpool Huddersfield. Oh, Friday uh, night, really? Wow, I'm yeah, just my plans. Oh, what a treat. <laughs> now, I was actually thinking about this before. Um, Liverpool might go a hell for leather than that because they need to close that goal difference gap a little bit mm-hmm. um, if it comes down to it. But then again, the points, I guess, are more important, so who knows, but anyway. Uh, so Saturday, the TV games are Tottenham-West Ham. That's a lunchtime game. Uh, and then Brighton v Newcastle is the tea time game uh, and then Sunday they've got Leicester v Arsenal at 12 uh, is but that, I don't think that's on telly though it's on at 12 I mean I guess I don't see why else it would be on at 12 but I don't know maybe not I can't remember I can't I mean, remember I know our game against Brighton's on telly for some reason but well why wouldn't it be <laughs> uh, and then it's Burnley v Man City at 5 past oh, Burnley, 2 Burnley Man City ok and then Man United Chelsea at half four. Okay, so the, uh, yeah, some interesting games there, I suppose. Uh, a lot of talk that the title race could be done and dusted by next weekend, but I, I really don't f- think it will be. Uh, I would be surprised. Um, I, I can't see Liverpool not winning on Friday. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I mean, if they don't beat Huddersfield, that would be. Like everyone was shocked years ago when when Leeds beat Arsenal at at Highbury when it. Uh, you remember that in like 2003 or something when Harry Kewell scored that ridiculous goal? Yeah, sounds sounds like a very Arsenal thing. Um, yeah, like that. Like Huddersfield winning at Liverpool would be possibly the stupidest thing that's ever happened in the history of the Premier League. <laughs> so, but that's how the way things are at the moment. You you wouldn't be surprised. It's going to be something ridiculous like that, isn't it? That's what's going to be that decides this title. It's either going to be really boring and Man City are just going to win all their games and the excitement's been for nothing, or something ridiculous is going to happen. I guess in the ideal world it's going to be the last day of the season and Brighton still needs something to stay up against Man City um, and uh, obviously Liverpool are at home to Wolves so I guess on current form you wouldn't really back Wolves because they seem to have given up a bit since uh, since the FA Cup exit yeah. um, I suppose on the interesting side note uh, Cardiff's last game is Man United away so Solskjaer could relegate Cardiff twice once as a manager <laughs> and once as the opposition manager or he could keep them up this time. Well, he could do them a favour. <laughs> to be fair, the way they're playing. Um, mm. Yeah, okay, so yeah, that's it then. That's us done for an, for, for another weekend. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, Dave. No problem at all, thanks for having me. Uh, please pimp your socials. Uh, so on Twitter, I am at CM9798. Excellent, and you can find us at Man on the Post on Twitter, Facebook, all of those lovely things. Uh, we have a Kofi link. Uh, which you can find on our Twitter. I can't remember it. I'm too lazy to, to look at these things. Uh, where if you like the work we do, uh, you can uh, just click the link and drop us. Uh, I believe the idea is you can drop us like the price of a coffee uh, and any money raised for it will go towards uh, improving our audio quality and things like that. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening and always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>